0: Hello, and welcome to the Weekly Vine Down. I'm your host, Emily Smith. We are here for a show where we get real, candid, and even a little bit weird about the myriad of topics impacting higher ed and enrollment and admissions. Um, today, I'm really excited for show the show today. We are going to do a little professional development. Um, I am going to bring up right away a word that admissions hate, and that word is, Jason, what is a word that admissions hates?
1: sales
0: yeah it feels dirty it feels weird we're not compensated like sales people on the admission side and uh we were talking about this in the pre-show we feel like 50 percent of admissions people like see and understand their roles to be a sales role and then 50 percent of admissions folks are like yuck gross i don't like sales people i don't like thinking of myself in a sales capacity um and I understand that. And I'm not here to like fight with you about, or anybody about admissions being sales. Like we can agree, I think, let me know, Jason, we can agree that sales and client success are about in the corporate world, like here in, in our company world, are about acquiring and retaining customers and admissions and enrollment, you're acquiring and retaining students, right? Like, can we agree about that? I definitely
1: that. agree there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you should be thinking about retention from the point of the first time you have a conversation with the student, aka a customer.
0: Right. Okay, but yes, and that customer word feels like gross, and that that's fine. We don't have to fight about that. Um, The I don't pretend to know everything, but Jason, you and I have combined like more than forty years' experience in in ed tech. Um, If you don't know me, I'm Emily. I've worked across four companies, five hundred admissions offices. Um, doing everything from student search consulting, CRM operations consulting, um, and uh, a a lot of those things. Jason, I'd love for you, before we get into this topic even further, for you to introduce yourself or reintroduce yourself to the Vindown audience, um, and then we'll get going.
1: Hello, Vindown audience. I'm Jason. I use pronouns. He, him. Um, I've worked on every level in education. I like to say P-16, K-12, higher ed, and now at Tech. I've been to way too many college fairs, open houses, admitted student events. And I think this topic is very important because out of all those events that I talked about, I always saw those as sales events. We are Selling the institution. We're helping families and students understand why this institution is a great fit for them and why they should spend their money, a lot of money coming to these institutions.
0: Um, okay, so you're on the sales side of things. You don't mind that word. So two notes on Jason. If you've tuned into previous shows, number one, you might not recognize Jason. Last show he had a uh like a Miami Vice style mustache, and today he doesn't. So I just don't want anybody to freak out. It's still the same guy. Um and, uh, and yeah, he's on the, the, sales, the sales side of things. Um, okay, so let's chat a little bit about what CollegeVine is for the humans out there who don't know us, right? Because we get new audience members every time we do a show. Hello, new humans. Um, if you don't know about CollegeVine, cool, we're CollegeVine. We have um, an awesome professional network for students. We have about 2 million students who have joined our platform who joined to create full professional profiles in order to get recruited by colleges. Um, They're here to get connected with the colleges that they care about. The way it works for colleges is that we've got hundreds of colleges on our platform sending out connection requests to students. The students either accept or dismiss those connection requests. Um, Students can only have a limited number of connections in their network, um, and it's a super high signal for the uh, colleges who are in connection with them. So we've got lots of students on our platform, tons of colleges recruiting them uh, in a way that feels really great to students. Uh, so that's what College Vine is. If you didn't know about us, you can join College Vine for free, connect with as many students as you want. Um, and if you want to do that, we'll send a link uh, to you subscribers to our show so that you know how to do that. That's the only commercial break we've got. OK, so we've talked a little bit about sales. We've talked a little bit about um, about client success and those two organizations within the corporate world that we think you can build skills on in the admission side of things. Interestingly, admissions, like, you've got a lot of professional development across, like, NACAC sessions, like, um, we've got folks in our network who run, like, the Middle Management Institute, which is an awesome, um, an awesome thing. But we also want to just call your attention to, like, there's this whole world of sales and client success um, frameworks and topics that really will be helpful for you in your, in your jobs. And I wanna talk a little bit about like why we talk like in our admissions jobs, like why we talk. And Jason, I know you've been in admissions for a long time. I'm curious if you ever found yourself just talking without a direction in your admissions world.
1: I think when I first started and before I realized the connection between like the work I was doing and sales, um, I would just start talking and I didn't have much success on return on investment, getting students to move through the enrollment um, stream, and and I was just kind of spinning my wheels. Mm -hmm. And then I had an amazing director who brought in like, I don't know if they were a marketing person per se, but brought in this kind of consultant to do a PD with us. And like it really honed in like our pitch, which we talked about a few weeks to go on the vine down and really help to to understand like how to ask the right questions, Mm. how to stop, how to make sure you give back that information to the student and the family. And it really changed how I was able to get students to move through the enrollment funnel, but also really build a a personal relationship with those students because I was able to hear their particular concerns.
0: Yeah, that's right. So like, I think there's an aspect of People in admissions are friendly. Like, that's why I stay in this world. Um, I once had to burn up a non-compete between two companies, two ed tech companies, and I had to go work in telecom. Like, love the people I met there, but like admissions people and the people who work in and around admissions are nice. They like to talk, they like relationships. Like, that's why we're doing this work, right? Even all of us on the company side of things, on the vendor and corporate side of things, we're talking all the time about like relationships and how to be student first and student friendly like that's what we genuinely talk about. And I want to just normalize and sort of invite our audience to be curious about why you are talking or like why why we fill space. And I will just say most of us in admissions and enrollment and the the vendors that serve them are really nice, really friendly, but we also have like great, great passion for what we're doing. We love our institutions, like a lot of us went to the institutions that we're working at um you work in admissions, you're lively, you like to talk, so you feel like you should talk. Um, There's also this thing around silence, which I think overlaid with like, when you're talking to a student in particular, you're very aware of the power balance you hold with the student. Like I am the adult in the room, you, a student, um, it's up to me to lead this conversation. Um, So when there's silence, we feel sort of compelled to like jump in and fill the space to make the student feel comfortable. And I'm going to challenge that a little bit today. There's also this aspect of like not having an objective in the conversation. If you don't know where the conversation is going, things get pretty loose. Um, so we're going to talk just there's just some like places to make it feel reasonable why you do this. Um, on the what we're missing when we're filling space all the time is that you're sort of limiting the student from feeling seen and heard in a really deep way. I'm not saying like you have to get to this place where you're like validating and agreeing with every single thing a student says, but you do need to have a student leave every interaction feeling seen and heard deeply. You're missing hearing win themes. Jason, is win themes something you ever talked about with your staff or is that just a, is that like just sales language only? You know, I think that
1: is one of the terms that's more sales only, but I think there's a correlated enrollment word that goes along there as well. We just don't parse it out as a mm. win theme.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So win themes are the things that like a student would tell you that you know they're going to make their decision on. Like those are the things. Um you're also missing the ability to uncover the student's needs or problems or pain. Um and then we also risk what we call it in sales, like selling past the sale. If a student's like, yeah, cool, this is my top choice and you keep talking, you're ruining it. Like you kill the vibe, you kill the energy. Yeah. Like you, you have to know once the student has given you that indication, like, yep, I'm into this. And you're like, okay, we're done here. Um, So that's sort of the other risk that we get. Sorry, I'm moving my cursor around like a crazy person. Um, Okay. So let's talk about what you can do instead. And this is like simple framework, three things. We actually have a takeaway today in our professional development series. We have got a takeaway worksheet for you to use in your conversations with students that will help you get prepared. And this is not like a big piece of homework. This is like you tote this out five minutes before a meeting with a student, fill it out, and we will have better improved outcomes for a particular meeting or interaction with a student. Okay, so three things that we want to talk about. Uh, These are, again, three things that you could start doing today in your interactions with students. Also, like fun fact, you can deploy these three same things for any internal meetings you have. And again, like I'm talking about the few minutes before a meeting that gets started, um things you might want to do before that meeting gets started. Okay, so those three things are setting objectives, asking great questions, and how to stop talking. Um so let's get into the questions first or sorry, the objectives first. Objectives are not an agenda. This is not like, oh, we're going to talk about these three things in this order. They describe what you're trying to get the student or family to do. Like what are the, you trying to get them to do in this in this interaction? And some things that we might get a student to do are like, you want a firm agreement that they're going to like complete an application, or you want them to schedule a next interaction with us or book into the admitted students' day, or you might want them to sign up for a particular tour. Like, there's some action you want them to take. And you're sort of describing your ideal outcome here. So, um, like, a student leaves feeling this, or... That's probably the softest version of this is like my objective is that someone would leave feeling a certain way um, or like, OK, we've addressed the elephant in the room on financially. Um, it also gives you something to follow up on. And Jason, I know like internally when we talk about preparing for meetings here at College Vine, I can get quite intense about writing objectives before a meeting. I'm curious, like in your admissions life how objectives would have get, gotten you well-prepared for a conversation with a student.
1: Gotcha, I also just want to circle back to when Emily says she can get quite intense, like <laughs> think of that as all caps, bold, intense, but let's go back to your question at hand. So it, it, it's a good question to think about the objectives and, and how you're using the objectives. And I do want to flag that based on what event you're at, if you are at an open house, a college fair, on campus, somebody walked in, your objectives may change, but it's really important to have a very clear objective, like I'm talking to this student right now in front of my face, what is the outcome that I hope that I can achieve at the end of that conversation? And you have to be very clear, very concise and not overstate what you want mm-hmm. that objective to be.
0: Yeah, I think clarity is good. And I, this is definitely something to not overthink. Like you can get to objectives pretty pretty darn quickly. Um, And uh, having crisp objectives will tune. Like if you if you did nothing else before a meeting, I would recommend doing getting your objective straight. And again, this is like meetings with the student. You could also deploy this for internal meetings. Like literally, if you do nothing else, take three seconds to think. Like, what do I need this other person to do? What is the ideal outcome for this interaction? And then everything you naturally say from that point forward will feel organized and laddered up to like the specific thing that you want to have happen. Okay, so questions are next. And questions, this is probably the piece that's uh, the hardest to think through in this sort of stacked order. And there are four types of questions that we deploy in sales conversations as well as client success discovery when we're working with our current partners. And again, I think this is stuff that admissions folks can use in working with students and families. But to think about these four types of questions, we've got context questions, problem questions, impact questions, and value questions. So the context questions are things that, like, uncover facts about the existing situation. So, like, this is stuff that you can do your homework on, typically, and you can spend the least time here. So, like, Jason, for our students, if this is a student who is already known to you, if you're going into an interaction with your student, where would you go to get context information prior to the interaction? This is going to feel
1: like such a baited Answer here, but well, like a baited
0: I, question. <laughs> it is it is a
1: baited question, so it's a baited answer. I just had this conversation with one of our partners at College Vine who was like, we are encouraging our admissions counselors to look up students or College Vine before they meet mm. with them to like read the student profile and say, like, what are the top five things these students are Interested in what's their persona and really do the research and really have an understanding of who the student is before they go and even have the conversation with the student. And they say that they've had some really great success on being very intentional about the conversations that they are having with prospective students.
0: That's interesting. I would actually disagree with that partner. Like, I love that they're going to College Vine for information, but my like operational CRM heart like breaks when I'm like, thinking about a, a leader sending their staff to like a different place that's not their CRM. Because like where I would fight or like the hill that I would die on is like, if you have a connection on College Vine, you should pull all of that information into your CRM, which is easy. Our last customer who rolled in the Slate integration did it in like 45 minutes, which like snaps.
1: Um, we actually have a new record, 27 oh, minutes. 27, 27 minutes for
0: integration? Minutes. Oh, what Zero a to, to integrate it.
1: 27 minutes. And to your earlier point, Emily, this partner actually doesn't have a CRM yet. Oof.
0: Okay. Okay. So in that circumstance, if you don't have a CRM, sure, you could leverage College Fine as your system of record or your system of engagement. Fine. Like I won't die on the hill if you don't have a CRM. But context questions, like a lot of the information from context questions are going to be like on College Fine. Sure. Part of the student profile or part of your student record in your CRM. Do your homework before interactions, especially if you have a scheduled meeting with a student, um, because you should spend like pretty much the least amount of time here. Like the questions, context questions are like, what year in high school are you? Where do you live? Like who's in your family? Um, Those types of things. Like what kind of finances are we looking at here? Um, So context can be found in a lot of places, especially if this is not a student who's new to you. Most straightforward. So the problem questions next, these are things that uncover needs. And Jason, I want to bring up a concept that we talk about in sort of sales and client success all the time, which is the difference between something being a vitamin and something being a painkiller. Problem questions get at the things that are painkillers. And people typically make decisions based on pain and not like nice to have. What's cool about traditional age students and recruiting them is that they're all shopping for college. Like they all are like sitting on their couches going like, okay, I I need to go to college. I'm bought into the idea of going to college, most of them. Some you're not, and some you're fighting for like getting right into jobs and re- getting right into college. Many students are already bought into the idea of going to college, so you don't have to sort of surface that problem. But if you can surface points of pain for the student, and like th- this is a being intense about this word pain, because... People in general, like make decisions to buy things like a really expensive college education based on pain more than like uh, sort of nice to haves. So pain questions as you as you surface them or problem questions um, get you really focused on these on the, the problems and like what questions you can ask to uncover, like where they might have problems. So Some of these pain or problem questions might be like guidance gap closers. Um, And the guidance gap closers put you as the admissions person in the position of trusted advisor. And we like to make decisions with our trusted advisor when we're doing things that like are expensive or hard, like going to a college. So you might get some problem questions that you surface around, um, like closing the guidance gap. Like, do you know how you're going to build your school list? Are you getting adequate guidance on the high school side, um, Jason? Are there any other problem questions that you think of surfacing in interaction with a student? That would Definitely
1: surface? When that comes to question because I've always dealt with a population who was low um, so, social economic status. is like, mm. how are you going to pay yeah. for school? How how, how are you going to afford? Or even if you're on a full ride, maybe the full ride doesn't include books. So like, mm-hmm. sparsing out those different pain points of things you're going to need to be successful that a lot of families and students don't know to even ask or consider.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's right. Um, Okay. So, uh, you know, the other types of problem questions you might want to ask are about the student and their circumstance to get sort of more discovery. So like the parent wants this, but the student wants this other thing or like finances, as you said, could be looming. The student feels just generally disorganized in the process or feels like nervous about leaving home. The problem questions give you the thing to address later in the conversation. Like it gives you like a very specific uh, pathway to making the, the play for the for the rest of the conversation. So impact questions are often like the tip on impact questions. You should ask them right after the problem questions. And impact questions explore more like tangible impacts, consequences, implications of decisions. And here, this is like, what questions can I ask that will talk about concrete impacts that the student would feel in coming to my institution? So if you're asking these right after the problem slash pain questions, you get to ask things like that feel really concrete around like cost, time, and reputation. So like, what's the value of your gonna degree gonna be after you graduate? Or like, what's the value of getting plugged into like this particular professional network? And you're asking the student or family to like imagine as if, like imagine as if you're coming out of college with this degree, like what is the impact to your life going to be? And like this is another place where finances can be really big. Like if you're having helping a student again as a trusted advisor, compare financial aid offers, for example, you can talk about like an actual dollar impact for um, for students if they're choosing you versus another if you're the lowest cost option. And finally we've got value questions which are like some potential benefits that the student can see in the institution. So you're sort of addressing their problem and impact with like the particular sort of values that are going to come that are going to come to play here. So you shouldn't assume when you're interacting with a prospect whether it's a sales prospect or a student you shouldn't assume that you're going to know like what why a benefit is important. And if you have a student say what they value, you're asking them to essentially solidify it in their mind. And then you're, you're the person who witnessed that, again, solidifying your position as trusted advisor. So like, what would it mean to have a degree from here? Like, what would it feel like to join this particular club you said you were interested in? And you're getting the student to say to you exactly how you're going to make that case later. Um, so that's how we think about asking great questions. And the last thing, this is a really hard thing. Um, to ask a question and let it hang. So to ask a crisp question and let it hang, to resist the urge to fill the space and to pull into your mind, like it is not my responsibility to fill space here because I have asked a great question. So Jason, you were a recruited athlete. Um, if I had asked your 18 year old self, like Jason, what would it, what would it mean to you? And how would it feel to you to join the track team?
1: My 17, and 18 year old self would have paused for a really, really long time because honestly, I did not enjoy running track, but I knew it was a means to an end because I grew up Mm -hmm. very poor. So my answer would have been something like, hey, It is how I am going to be able to afford this amazing education, which should platform me into further success. But it's a necessary evil right now. And yes, I think of running track as evil, and I still do. When people are chasing me now, I run brisk. I walk very fast, but I won't run.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay, so that like you have revealed in a very vulnerable place exactly how you feel about joining that. Thing like, right? Like I'm implying an assumption that I think that being part of this team, like you're gonna say something like, it'd be really important for me to feel part of it. It will be really like great for me to like move my body. And you're like, nope, screw that. I actually just need this as a means to an end. I'm really anxious about finances, which to me uncovers exactly what I need to address with you, which is finances. And then that, like if I make that note in my CRM and that note persists through the student record for retention efforts, like that's something that we're all going to know about you and help to be able to help support you on. So asking that question and being quiet, it's hard. And like, even in this, even in this moment, like you and I are very close. We work together every day. And when I asked that question and those seconds ticked by, it felt weird and it felt long and it feels even weirder and even longer when you're dealing with somebody you don't know well. Uh, But just practice it and see what happens because the other person It's like a little bit of a game of chicken. Like the other person will like, okay, I got to talk here and like offer you like a a really golden nugget. Okay, so let's sketch this out. So here we've got um, a worksheet that we're gonna flash a QR code so that you can get this worksheet. Okay, you've got five minutes before an interaction with a student. Like, what are we gonna do? So, Jason, let's build this out together. Scenario for you. We've got a student coming in. It's fall right now, obviously. Um, Happy Halloween, by the way, next week. Uh, We have a student coming in for a quick appointment with us for the recruiter, and we want this student to apply. So let's run through objectives and some questions that we might like five-minute exercise to get our minds right for this meeting. What are we going to do? So what do we want the student to do in this meeting?
1: I mean, first and foremost, if they just walked in, you may not even have their contact information. So you gotta get the inquiry card contact information.
0: Okay, so that's an objective. like get updated info. Mm-hmm. Okay. What what else do we need to have happen? What's an ideal outcome in this meeting?
1: Uh, the student actually applies on the spot? Ooh, I that's okay. And so many schools have moved to the, like this on the spot, like apply uh-huh. and even if you have access to your unofficial transcript, you can get admitted.
0: Okay, so is that an ideal outcome? Like admit on the spot? I mean, it depends on the institution. Yeah, yeah, like if you don't have that process, you can't. we can't like demand that. Of course. Okay, is there, and I, I think objectives come in like definitely three or less. I might give you five if you have a long meeting. But do, are we happy with these two things? Like if if we, if we the student leaves and we have updated info and the student applies, are we good?
1: Do, those were, those were really, really good. And I think sometimes we can over create objectives, but like you may have 30 minutes to talk to this kid. Like these yeah, are yeah. really two big things.
0: Okay. But like even if we did only that, we didn't start to step through some of these questions. You would be well prepared to talk to the student because you're like, Really knowing in your mind, like, oh, I'm not going to spend a lot of time like screwing around talking about a cornucopia of topics. We're just going to be talking about like the things that get us to application or to filling out the updated inquiry card. I would also say like th- they're sort of ranked, like, up- getting updated info is implied in the application, um, but like maybe it's just this one thing, like that the student applies. That's the ideal outcome of the meeting. Okay, so what context do we need to know about this student or family? In order to make those objectives happen?
1: uh, There's a bevy of things that come to mind Mm. that I I think you have to consider, but also like most important thing is like what are you most interested in or what does institution have to have for you to be excited about that institution? And I think I always start with that question because it's like just important. Like if the student says, I'm interested in nursing and your school doesn't have nursing, you should do the right thing and say, hey, we actually don't have nursing. So are you thinking about another program or can I suggest another school that may be a great fit for you? Because the end result is you you want the student to find the right fit, which may or may not be your institution.
0: Yeah. So like you're surfacing things that like break it early. And then, like, there's other context stuff around, like, demographics um, and academic profile. But we'll get that in the application.
1: Mm -hmm. Okay. That's a great call out. Don't ask questions that you will probably get the information, the answers to in the applications. We are notorious for that inquiry card to be, like, 20 pages long when you just need, like, five pieces of data to get the student into the CRM.
0: Sure. Yeah. Agree. Okay. So problem, like let's spend a little time on problem impact and value questions. So problem questions here, like, what do we need to know? Like, let's say the student's going like, okay, yeah, sure. I'll start an application. And you're like, okay, but what if I could uncover some other stuff to make this student have like a really great experience with us to establish myself as the trusted advisor? What types of problem questions might we want to, to surface here for the student?
1: I, Again, I always go back to this first question, like, talk to me a little bit about your finances. Have you talked to your parents about how you're going to afford college? Because, again, sometimes a lot of the colleges are priced out for a lot of the students who may be right fits just
0: because they just can't afford them. Okay, so that's actually like let's really like be intense about getting it into the form of a question. We're like Jeopardy. Uh, Like, have you talked to your family about how you're going to afford college? And that might be a scary question, but a great one. And like, you can always be warm to say like, and no is an okay answer. Like, I'll give you some resources on how to start that question. What's a, what's one more problem question that we might want to key up here before this before this institution or before this mm-hmm. student meeting? I've got one if you can't think of one.
1: I'm going to tag you in because my mind just always goes back to finance because I was such a poor kid going to school. And so it was always like, yeah, like it's really big. Question. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I would ask this question. Is there anything on your transcript that may surprise us? Oh, because Emily that allows the the stu- <laughs> it allows the student to really share with you like, oh, yeah, like I had sorry, my light's pretty harsh. Uh, like, yeah, I had this, um, disciplinary thing or like, oh yeah, I failed a class and here's why, but it gives you the ability to say to the student, like, okay, if you're a selective institution and the student wants to go to selective institutions, you can, you can address that with them. Like, okay, here's how you could remediate that. All right. So impact questions, this is where you're like sort of getting to the place where if they're accepted, you would want them to apply. Again, you want to ask these questions right after the problem questions and they're concrete. So they're like cost time. Reputation. Um, what's an, do you have an, a value question you might ask? I might start with something like, um, like, really pull the word value in here. Like, what is the value of a degree from our institution?
1: Yeah.
0: Like, and they might say something like job or network or the experience during my time. And then from that, you get, like exactly what to talk to them about if they're if they say like oh it's going to get me the job i want then you can tone or tune all of the things you talk about to that job Mm -hmm. lastly these value questions like what are some of the benefits and again if you get the student to say them out loud it solidifies them in their mind but what types of value questions might we ask from this from the student who uh is planning to apply
1: i think a big question i was asked all the time is like you know do you actually see the value of going to college because I, I don't think all the time we just hone in on like some students just go to college just because that's what people do but like mm-hmm. do you understand like individually for you how is this college degree going to change your life or your family dynamic
0: um mm. okay how is this uh... Yeah, that's I would actually say that's like more like an impact question. Impact question? question. Yeah. 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 As soon as I said it, I was like, maybe that's an impact question. Well, it's it's like you're asking them to spell out the concrete impact versus like in value questions, you're talking about some of the like potential like benefits. Like so, okay, so maybe it's more like What does your what do you think your life would look like here? Oh.
1: That's a good one.
0: And again, they're telling you, you know, like, oh, I'll join this sport or I'll join this club or I'll go to these classes and that will make me feel like I'm part of it. Um, Another value question would be like, okay, how does the college experience prepare you for the life you want?
1: And that's again, always these are, a question that like students struggle with because they see the now and they can't see the future then.
0: Yeah. And again, I think you can invite that student to be like, I don't know is an okay answer. And like, I'm going to help you again, be the trusted advisor. I'm going to help you figure out what that is. Yeah. Okay. And your reminders to the meeting, things you might want to do, stop talking, Yes. smile Be cool. I have to tell myself to be cool in meetings a lot or I blow it.
1: Can I add, like, you know, take notes. I have a terrible memory. So sometimes like students and people say amazing things and it's like, oh my goodness, this is, this will be very important for future conversations. So your present self should do your future self a
0: favor Mm. and take notes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, those could be the two like prompts you give yourself before a meeting. Like stop talking, write it down. Because as the student is talking and think about what you want to write down, if the student is talking and is like, I want to feel part of it, or like the degree is really going to be important to me, like whatever those preferences are, see if you can codify them, get them into your CRM so that anybody who has an interaction with the student feels like they understand what the student cares about. Okay, this is a resource that's available to you, the out audience. Um, You can make a copy of this Google Doc. um, You might deploy this frequently like you don't have to do this worksheet every time you have an interaction with a student you may sort of make this into a playbook where you're like okay it's fall I'm doing app gen with seniors and these are the meetings that I'm having I always run through these questions these are always going to be my objectives like you can have this be a framework or a playbook for yourself that you repeat you don't have to do this every single time you can use this for internal meetings to get your mind right before an internal meeting to set an objective figure out what questions you want to ask um and turn it into a playbook for internal meetings. But this resource is available for you all to copy and use. Print it out if you are a paper person. Turn it into a Google Doc and type your little faces off if you're not a paper person. Um, but hopefully it should feel like a good, quick, valuable resource for you to deploy um, across setting objectives, asking great questions, and then knowing when to stop talking. It's time for us to stop talking, Jason. Thanks for coming to the show again today, you and your whole face.
1: Thanks for having me. Maybe next time I have my Hawaii Five O or what do you call it? Stash.
0: Uh, cop. I, I don't cop. know. Sort of like it's sort of like a. It seems like law enforcement related to me. Miami Vice, something like that.
1: Protect and serve.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for joining the show, Jason. Thanks, find out audience. We'll catch you soon. Happy have Halloween, a great day, humans. Happy Halloween, humans. See you next time. Bye bye.